Hello and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Julie Andrews Atkinson. That's me. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Hi, uh, Keith Lin-Manuel Miranda Caulfield. God, if only, <laughs> if only I had 1% of the talent that that man has in his pinky. Hey, he couldn't host a podcast. He he probably does. <laughs> Actually, never mind. Yeah, he, you're right. He probably has four <laughs> podcasts on the side. Um, well, we're, we're talking about Lin-Manuel and Julie Andrews because this is a... Uh, a special edition of the show uh, because we're previewing the 2016 Tony Awards um, because they are this Sunday and Hamilton has 5 million nominations. Yep, 5 million. A record 5 million. A record 5 million. That's a lot. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that in a second because the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the week's big pop news fun chart stats and stories, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. This week on the show, we'll be previewing the 70th annual Tony Awards. The phenomenon that is Hamilton is heading into the show with a record 5 million, I mean 16, (laughs) nominations. And the Tony Awards is sure to be jam-packed full of musical performances, A-list presenters, and maybe even a live carpool karaoke from host James Corden. Fingers crossed. I hope so. He actually did a carpool karaoke recently with some Broadway stars. On Monday, he did one with Lin-Manuel Miranda and a a host of other stars. We'll we'll talk about that when we get to our Tony section. We we, we got you. Plus, Katie and I will discuss some of our personal favorite live musical theater experiences from Broadway and beyond. In addition, we've got chart updates on the Billboard Hot 100 and Billboard 200 charts. Pink gets her 15th top 10 single on the Hot 100. Fifth Harmony and Dirk Bentley hit new highs on the Billboard 200 with their latest albums. And The Monkees, yes, The Monkees, make a surprisingly high debut on the Billboard 200 as well. Plus, we've got a Tony Awards-themed chart stat of the week that you won't want to miss. But wait, there's more! There's more! more. There's more! We've got two, count them, two guest interviews this week. The fabulous Floor East drops in to talk about her infectious debut U.S. single, Sax. Her upcoming album, Love, Sax, and Flashbacks. There's a sax theme going on there. That's an incredible album title. How she recently took American TV by storm and much more. And our second interview is with the two-time Grammy Award-winning producer, Red One. We caught up with him backstage at the Billboard Music Awards, where he talked about his new single, Don't You Need Somebody, and how he got Enrique Iglesias to jump on the track, and the possibility of working with Lady Gaga again. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, why don't you subscribe to the show on iTunes so you won't miss an episode, and give us a rating or review while you're at it. If you have any questions for us, feel free to tweet us at Keith underscore Caulfield or KT Atkinson. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit iTunes.com slash Billboard Podcasts. Oh, yeah. On to the charts. Chart news. Chart chat. Chart chat. Chart chat. Yeah. Chart chat. Chart chat. Yeah. You just wrote us a song, I think. It's actually Watch out, Gary Trust. We're coming with our own podcast song. Yeah, we're we're, <laughs> we're also liberally sampling some disco tracks there. <laughs> That's fair. Do the hustle. Do the chart. It news. sounded completely original. Completely to me. original. Um, well, I think the big news on the Billboard Hot 100, at least in the top ten, is that Pink races into the top ten with her single "Just Like Fire." 
Some might say that she burns a path up the chart. Some might have just said it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it jumps 16 to 10. It is her 15th top 10 single and first top 10 since 2013. Um, the song, of course, is from the new Alice in Wonderland film. And I think it's interesting that she's now had three top 10 singles with the word just in their title. Oh, that's really interesting. I think that's interesting as a word dork as well. I, I, think, it, <laughs> I think it's weird. I like noticing that thing because I, I, I wrote down, Katie and I have a list of all of uh, uh, Pink's top 10s in front of us. So she also hit the top 10 with Just Like a Pill, which reached number eight. And just give me a reason, which went to number one, and with that was Nate Roos. Nat, Nate Roos. I saw Nat Roos. <laughs> very German. All of a sudden, I was like, suddenly he's he's very <laughs> Russian, German. Russian, Russian, maybe Nat Russa <laughs> in Russia. Fun make you. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, Gary Trust notes. Uh, who, you know, Gary, by the way, manages the Hot 100. He notes in his online story about this week's chart that Pink's 15th top 10 is her fourth is the fourth most among women since 2000 when Pink got her first top 10 hit. And in that span of time, she trails only Rihanna with 29 top 10s, Taylor Swift with 19, and Beyonce with 16. Um, By the way, since the chart launched, since the Hot 100 started in 1958, Madonna, hey, our girl Madonna, has achieved the most top 10s among women and actually all artists with 38. So... There you go. Uh, at the top of the Hot 100, the top three remain stationary as Drake's One Dance, Designer's Panda, and Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling all hold at numbers one through three. Alas, Fifth Harmony single, which we kind of anticipated would move up or maybe have a chance at moving up. It didn't quite make it? Nope, it stays uh, at number four. Yeah, it stays just at number four. Yeah, I know. <laughs> just this beautiful number four their highest chart performance yet. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but there is good news for Fifth Harmony um, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. Uh, their new album, 727, flies in. Flies, get it? Um, because 727 Keeps could be like, with those puns an today. airplane. Anyway. <laughs> um, it debuts at number four on the chart, giving the girl group their highest charting album yet. Just highs all around for Fifth Harmony, yeah. so we can't be sad about that. Um, it surpasses the number three peak of Reflection. And the number six peak of Better Together, which was their first EP that they put out. You said number three peak of Reflection. You meant number five, right? I meant number five. Yes. Yeah, thank you. I was like, wait, three is better than four. <laughs> you know, the, the irony is that in the story that I wrote on Sunday about the album uh-huh. chart, I actually said that Reflection peaked at number three. Okay, well, it looks like that's in your brain it's then. It's lodged head. there. I don't know why. <laughs> And uh, we only corrected it today. Okay, well, sorry, uh, harmonizers who might have noticed that. Yeah. Uh. It's right now. Yeah. it's we, we it, it, Truly, 727 is their highest charting album. That we did not screw up. Um, in other big Billboard 200 chart news, Dirk Bentley earns his highest charting album ever as Black debuts at number two and with his best sales week yet. That is quite unbelievable. The set earned 101,000 equivalent album units in the week ending June 2nd, of which 88,000 were in traditional album sales. He previously peaked at number three in 2009 with Feel That Fire. And his 88,000 start trumps his previous sales high, logged when Long Trip Alone bowed with 82,000 in 2006. And, you know, Dirks is not like 
spring chicken in terms right. of like chart performance. He's been around for a while. He's been around for a while. I mean, a decade. Yeah, he's. Uh, this is his tenth charting album and his eighth top ten. Um, I was surprised that he hadn't actually ever been like in the top two before because yeah. he just seems like he's one of those country stars where you're like oh yeah he's like a luke bryan brad paisley type then again brad paisley's never had a number one album either that's crazy which is crazy he's one of the artists that has the most top tens without ever having a number one album. my mother-in-law will be very sad she loves her some brad paisley there, there's actually i have a story online about the artists with the most top tens who've never had a number wow. one it's like mm-hmm. cheryl crow and it's uh uh who uh Brad Paisley. Just a bunch of people that you would expect. That you told, like people that you expect to have a number one. Yeah. Like Kiss. You thought Kiss would have had a number mm-hmm. one album. Nope. Sorry. But yeah. Anyway, Dirks, congratulations. Yes. Uh, just outside the top 10, The Monkees debut at number 14 with their new album, Good Times. It's the act's first studio album since 1996 and the first without Davy Jones, who died in 2012. The new album features the three surviving monkeys, Peter Tork, Michael Nesmith, and Mickey Dolenz, and both songs written by Rivers Cuomo, Neil Diamond, Noel Gallagher, and Carole King. Oh, I did not know that. There you go. And Rivers Cuomo and Noel Gallagher are two of my favorite people you should, ever. So you should be all over this monkeys Apparently, album. I need to check this out. Apparently, this is why it sold so well. Yes. Um, Word is out. Good Times is actually the Monkees' highest charting album since, wait for it, 1968. Wow. When the birds, the bees, and the monkeys reached number three. Believe awesome. it or not. Um, you know, I think now it is time to talk about... To talk Tonys? Tony talk. <laughs> um, take it away, Katie. Yeah, the 70th Annual Tony Awards air live this Sunday at June 12th. Uh, I said, just said at June 12th. At June 12th. At 8 p.m. on CBS with the Late Late Show host James Corden as the night's MC. And he's actually a Tony winner himself. So he it's is. a pretty appropriate choice. Most people wouldn't know that. I know. Actually, it's the first time I think I ever saw him was on that Tony's broadcast in 2012 when he won Best Actor in a Play for One Man, Two Governors. Two Governors. And he had such a cute speech. I remember like him just being like this really adorable dude and obviously that's panned out for him he was also on broadway <laughs> before that he was back in um um history boys like, oh, like a that's decade right. ago that's right yeah so he's gonna be a perfect host on sunday yeah um and you know we were wondering whether there might be a special edition of carpool karaoke <laughs> on the tonys which he actually um he did one on his own show on monday with lin-manuel miranda audra mcdonald Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Jane Krakowski. Wow. So that's, that's heavy, amazing. That's some heavy Broadway hitters. So we'll see who he might uh, uh, enlist for one on Sunday. As he just roams through the audience, like with like a steering wheel. And, like, that's probably very likely. <laughs> gets next to like, you know, like Al Pacino or something. Or, or they have Jeff a week. Daniels. That's a great idea. James, you can use that. That's yeah. a really, yeah, yeah, sit down next to whoever. Whoever. Um, and speaking of Lin-Manuel Miranda, Hamilton is the uh, big nominee of the night. Uh, the mega-hit show leads all nominees with a record 16 nominations more than any other show in Broadway history. And it has nominations in every single aspect of theater with acting noms, writing noms, directing, dance, music, and design nominations. Wow. So clearly people like this show. I'm not sure if you've heard of it yet. Have Hamilton? you heard of Hamilton? It's kind of popular, uh, you know. The next biggest nominee is uh, Shuffle Along or the Making of the Musical Sensation of 1921 and All That Followed. That's, that's, that is the full title. It seems I did not know that. I, I learned I, I learned a lot about Shuffle Along in my uh, research for today's show. It has 10 nominations. It has 10 nominations, including Best Choreography for Savion Glover. Oh. I mean, people are familiar with Savion and Audra McDonald stars in this as well. So it's a big, um, it is a big show. 
And what I learned was that Shuffling, Shuffling Along, it was a 1921 musical. And then it's had some revivals since then. But the difference with this one is that they're calling it an adaptation because they're using the same songs from the 1921 musical. But the musical is about mounting a production of the 1921 musical. So it's like this weird, like meta, like self-referential version of Shuffling Along. So that's how they're able to employ the original songs from the show. Exactly, but it has a whole new book. Like it's just the the songs that are are the same. That's an interesting way to kind of repurpose an existing show and kind of turn it around. Are the songs, and I don't know this show, are the songs like familiar, like Broadway standard type songs? Not to me, but people, yes, but maybe. Um, and uh, that's why it's nominated for best musical as opposed to best revival of a musical oh, because it's, a, it's an adaptation. So it's up against Hamilton. There must have been some musical. interesting discussions with the oh. Tony Awards committee trying to figure out if this was a revival or a brand new show. And calling it an adaptation. For revival and best original musical. Calling it an adaptation is even a little weird because it's not exactly, uh, it's, it's very strange. And I, that's why it has this brand new lengthy title because it is not just shuffling along or shuffle along. It is shuffle along or, or the making of, et cetera. Crazy. Yeah. So um, that's the next biggest nominee for the night. But I mean, let's get back to Hamilton. <laughs> this is what the people want to talk about. Let's Sorry, shuffle along. Um, Keith wrote a great article when the Hamilton soundtrack debuted on yeah. the charts back in October. Um, and I kind of highlighted some of the best stats from from that article yeah the 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 album um i'll just say it since it's chart chart. yeah it's all it's all keith um the album debuted at number 12 on the billboard 200 chart back in october um which was the highest debut for a cast recording since the chart combined its mono and stereo tallies back in 1963 um between 1959 and 1963 we had two separate charts for mono and stereo albums because we like to make things really complicated <laughs> and also back then it was very common that people sold different mono and stereo albums yeah stereo was a brand new concept Ooh, stereo then. stereo two speakers <laughs> um since then hamilton's actually climbed up the chart and reached number 11 a few weeks ago so it's its new peak still hasn't reached the top 10 yet which could certainly happen totally possible after this sunday show yeah um, and during uh, that span of time, back in 1959-1963, the original Broadway cast recording of Camelot was the last set to start higher. Uh, it reached number four, or debuted at number four on the mono chart in 1963. When you say mono chart. It was like 1961. 1961. Mm-hmm. I ran through that ni- yep. January 23rd, 1961, <laughs> a little bit too quickly, just creating a whole new date. New numbers. Hamilton also, of course, reached number one on the cast albums chart, where it's been holding, you know, uh, holding court for most of the time since it came out. It reached number three on the rap albums chart. That's my favorite I know. fact about it, honestly. Number three on the rap chart. So good. Yeah, so good. <laughs> uh, number five on the digital chart and number nine on the top album sales chart. Um, one of I think you really like Rent, right? You're one, oh, is, yeah. Um, so I'm a child of the 90s. I love Rent. Talk about what Rent did uh, back in 1996. Well, so its, it's sales were larger than Hamilton's, right. but it actually only bowed at number 19 on the Billboard 200. So, but it sold 43,000 copies. Which still has uh, the largest debut for a cast album uh, in Nielsen music history since 1991. And as we, I don't think we mentioned this yet, but Hamilton actually debuted with 30,000 equivalent album units, 28,000 in pure album sales. And so that is significantly larger. 43,000 is what it debuted at back in uh, 1996. Now, if Hamilton reaches the top 10, it'll be the highest charting cast album since 2011 
when the Book of Mormon actually reached the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, the Book of Mormon uh, uh, went to, I believe it was number uh, three on the chart. Yes, I've, I did not include that stat. It was, um, you did it it was on sale for one ninety nine. I think. Yeah, that's the right? trick. The reason why the Book of Mormon jumped to number three was because it was on sale for like a buck ninety nine at I think Amazon. Mm-hmm. And it was also the same week as the Tony Awards where it cleaned up on the show. Yeah. So the one two punch of the Tony Awards plus a very low discounted price. Which maybe Hamilton will employ something similar. They don't need to though. Yeah, they don't need to. Hamilton doesn't <laughs> need to. I mean it's Book true. of Mormon didn't need to either. Yeah. But there was always going to be an asterisk next to the Book of Mormon's yeah. success because it reached number three because largely the of, price point. Of the price point. Yeah. Still it still went to number three. Yeah. Um but uh, just to make clear, um, the numbers we talked about at the beginning were the debut week of Hamilton, which right. is why it has the record with number 12 or whatever since the mono stereo thing. Yeah. Because it was of, the debut. In terms of a debut week. Yes. It's all very tricky. Yes. So who knows? Maybe Hamilton could jump into the top 10. You know, in we'll a, see. It, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be this week. It would be the week following because this Sunday's show will be in the following week's tracking week. I would love to see a Hamilton Drake showdown Ooh. for number one. <laughs> Lynn Manuel Miranda as a hip hop head would love, would love that. that as well. <laughs> Maybe he can like coerce Drake to come on to the Tony Awards and oh my perform God. with the cast of oh Hamilton. My God. Actually, <clears throat> that would be amazing if they got if they had some guest rapper like Obama shows up. Yeah. Oh yeah, a guest rapper like Barack Obama, for instance. Why not? <laughs> that would be incredible. He like you know he's a huge fan. He slow jams the Hamilton. Well, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about our live theater experiences so far. Unfortunately, neither of our live theater experiences include Hamilton. No, um, I entered the Hamilton lottery every single day when I was in New York in April. Obviously, I did not win. I, I heard there's a few other people that enter it. It sold out through January 2017. And we learned that Lynn Manuel's probably going to be leaving it next month in which, July. Which, by the way, is normal yeah. for for an original Broadway cast. I mean, they've stuck around for more than a year. They've they've been around since it was in, you know, rehearsals and development and he's the creator of the show and And he has a few things coming up. You don't you don't <laughs> you don't generally stay with a show forever. Yeah. Yeah. He um, also unless you stay with it until it closes, like after like three months and you close, yeah, yeah, then you're yeah, fine. We've learned a lot about what Lin Manuel's upcoming plans include. uh, The Mary Poppins, uh, it's like Mary Poppins Returns with Emily Blunt, and he's quasi sequel. So he's starring in that. He also has his musical In the Heights coming to the big screen now that the Weinstein Company has um, has picked it up. And uh, there was something else. He's got a lot of things going on. Yeah, he's got a lot of he's stuff. A little busy. He's busy. But um, back to back to what we have seen, I should say. Um, Keith and I each have been to some Broadway shows. Keith, you saw The Producers, correct? Yeah, The Producers, I think, is the only... I want to say it's the only show I've actually seen on Broadway. I did not see it with the original cast, um, which was uh, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, mm-hmm. um, which would have been amazing. Um, I'm but, sure it was amazing regardless. Oh, no, it was still great. Yeah. It was still a great show, but that's the only thing I've seen on Broadway. Um, but what we were talking about earlier, not everyone has seen anything on Broadway. No, I mean, it's an incredibly, it's an incredibly, uh, Broadway is a very small <laughs> portion of the, the world of theatrical yes. entertainment. Yeah, because you've been to productions on the West End and... In Los Angeles. Yeah. And, but, you know, unless you, like, live in New York, 
um, you're not going to see many Broadway shows. And even then, Broadway shows are very expensive I to, know. to attend. Yeah, actually. So my most recent Broadway experience, I went to see um, Cabaret when I was in New York two years ago. So it was the production with Emma Stone oh. and uh, still Alan Cumming uh, was, oh, the, he, he was as MC. Yeah, yeah, which was just unbelievably amazing. Um, and then I've mentioned before on the podcast that my mom is a, a music teacher, a voice teacher. And she had a student who has been very successful on Broadway, and she uh, starred in The Phantom of the Opera as Christine and in Beauty and the Beast as Belle, and we went to New York to see both of those. Wait, who, who is your mother's She student? Her name is Susan Owens. Okay. Yeah, and she, but I mean, she was not in the, obviously, the originals of these things, but she has been in subsequent performances and traveling performances, wow. so um, that's been pretty amazing. So I got to see both of those with my mom. And then I saw Cats when I was in second grade in New York. And Aww. it was like the perfect time to see Cats, I think, actually. I was obsessed with it. It was, And they had like the cats wandered around in the audience and they had playing cards that they handed out. And as a little kid, I got one of these playing cards from one of the cats. The cats wandered around the audience. Yes. Just like, you know, prowling around. They prowl around. Do they like walk on two legs or four? Oh, two legs. I, I mean, they kind of like pretend like the front two are on the ground, like, but they're kind of, yeah. and they're like you know throwing their like like hands out, very sassy. I thought there was nothing better than cats when I was a second grader. It was pretty much the greatest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. So wow. yeah, I've never seen cats. Um, they're doing a revival actually pretty soon. I they just announced this. Like a, somebody famous is involved in like a Broadway. Yeah. Wow. Now it's time for our guest interview with Floor East. She broke through in 2014 as a contestant on the UK's X Factor, going viral with her cover of Uptown Funk. While she ultimately didn't win that season, she did get signed to Psycho and released the single Sax, which went to number three on the official UK singles chart. And she released the album Love Sax in Flashbacks. Now she's aiming for success in America. And she just released Saks in the States and took over the TV airwaves by storm, performing on James Corden, Dancing with the Stars, and The Today Show. Um, I was so pleased to talk with Flora, as I've been a fan of her since I saw Uptown Funk. We talked with her via phone while she was visiting our New York office. So there's a tiny bit of a delay in our conversation due to the connection, but it sounds fine, really. I just thought I'd tell you that yeah. before it starts to play. And you're wondering, wait, why is there a slight pause here and there? <laughs> Can't, can't you guys get it together? Um, no. But Floor is lovely. <laughs> and uh, here's our chat with Floor East. Hello. Hi. Welcome so much, uh, Floor East, to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. You know, um, explaining to the listeners, I'm in Los Angeles. Floor is in New York. So we're doing this through the, well, we call it the miracle of technology, but really it's just a phone. <laughs> it's just a phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I am so excited that you came by to say hello to us. And you won't remember this, but maybe you will. I don't know. I met you very briefly in a in a very random place a few months ago um but, yes uh, you're like where is this going uh backstage at the rupaul's drag race battle of the seasons tour in london yes so good i was like 
I know, it's so good. I was like, um, I have to go say hi to Floor because uh, she's amazing. And then I like, we basically just talked about drag queens for like the next we five did. minutes. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah. It was good. We had we had but, a common interest. It was great. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and that's it. That's thanks so much for coming in. That's all we got. Um, no, but you're here in America because you're promoting Sax, which is your first single here in the States. Yes. And boy, you did it right. You did James Corden and Dancing with the Stars all in the same week. What What was that experience like for you? Was that like the first time you'd been on American TV? Yeah, that was the first time. So it was quite daunting. And it was almost like, because growing up in, in the UK, you know, we watch a lot of American shows over there, a lot of American movies. And so the whole time, it just felt like I was in a movie. It was like I was sitting on the stage and they're like, okay, and we're going live in three. And I was like, this is so surreal. Like it just felt like um, I was on TV, like well I was, but I felt like I was in a in a show, like a movie or well, something. It was really weird. I, you're a pro at this, though. I mean, you had you've had so much you've had so much success in the UK over the past you know like year and a half. You know, since the big breakthrough on the X Factor mm. with, I mean, arguably the breakthrough moment came when you covered Uptown Funk, um, and kind of blew the roof off and <laughs> you went viral and. Truly, because and I and I said this to Floor at, at the show when I met her. I, I most Americans are fairly unaware of the X Factor UK in general. Yeah. And when you did Uptown Funk, it went viral and was such a huge sensation. And when I saw that, I'm like, she doesn't look like a contestant. She's like a star. She's come on, like give the woman a deal. So oh, thank you. It was it was brilliant, and you've been killing it in the UK and around the world, and we're so happy that you're here in the States. And are, are you here just for a brief time and then going back to Europe? Is that what's happening right now? Yes, yes, because I'm doing the Today Show on Thursday morning, which I'm very Man. excited about. Yes, very they got excited. They got you working. They have. They have. <laughs> working hard <laughs> but yeah your publicists in the background are like yes we have we have been doing a good job at that yeah they're like we're actually trying to fit some more stuff in but, <laughs> no, but it's a lot of you'll fun you'll be back yeah no you'll i'm really back. happy to be here and i'm so excited to do the today show as well it's a big deal what was the the the, the song sax itself is is very if if i were to describe it um, it, 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 it sort of evokes the kind of the vibe of Uptown Funk in the, yeah. in the idea of that it's, it's sort of an, like a poppy funk song. It's kind of throwbacky, but still very present at the mm, same time. Mm. Was that kind of the mindset when you went into the, the making of the song? I think, you know, it was hard to ignore the reaction that, <laughs> that I got, you know, when I performed Uptown Funk on, on The X Factor. I think just because it wasn't actually released in the UK. So for a lot of people, they sort of judged it as though I was an artist in the real world and as though that was my first single. So kind of me and the style of music just went hand in hand and it made sense. So as soon as I got into the studio, I was like, well, I can't ignore like those influences. And it was, it was almost like when I heard the song for the first time, I said, oh man, I wish this was my song. You know, everybody asks, what's one song that you wish was yours? And when I heard that Uptown Funk for the first time, I was like, man, this is like hitting the nail on the head. It's like all the music that I listened to growing up all my parents' music. It's got those funk vibes, this really high energy, something I can really perform to. And so I definitely wanted to include those elements in my first single. So, yeah. And and the, the album that you released, you already released an album in the UK, mm -hmm. and it's called Love, Sax, and Flashbacks. And yes. it's not out in America yet, but 
the, the the album itself is kind of that vibe too. It's kind of like a, a fun melting pot of, of pop and dance and funk and a little bit of R and B. Is is that and and you said this before. Is that the music that you grew up with as as a, a child? Is that what your parents listened to? Yeah, definitely. And you know, I've always loved artists that really perform and put on a show. Like people like Michael Jackson, James Brown, Tina Turner, and those people I think have definitely influenced me as an artist. So I wanted to get all those sounds into my album, and it's definitely that. It's a reflection of all the music that I listened to growing up, and it's a real feel-good album. It's a party album. You know, from start to finish, you can just put it on and you can party to every single song. Yeah, there, there, there are no slow songs. It's, it's all, at <laughs> yeah. least on the standard version. Yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all pretty dancey. <laughs> it's funny, I actually... Um, I've kind of like put my foot in it really because as soon as I finished the album, everyone was like, so on your tour, um, when are you going to actually get to just like breathe and have a moment to relax? I was like, yeah, I didn't really think about that. <laughs> I, I, I was up. wondering that too. I was like, you know, when is she going to have a moment to like, you know, sit down and ha- just have a chat with the audience? Because the rest of it is just like relentlessly like go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's. I mean, when you when you see a performance from you, it is like a full like it's like a showstopper. Like it's mm. there's dancing, there's singing, mm-hmm. there's you know pyro, there's like the whole shebang. <laughs> yeah. Is that it's but it's brilliant. Is is that what you want to bring to the stage each time? Because you talk about your influences of Tina Turner and Michael Jackson. Certainly, there's probably more inspirations too. Is, is Beyonce someone? Because when I see you, I think of Beyonce immediately, like in terms of like stage performance as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the way that she commands the stage and owns the stage, it's just, it's amazing. And I think any artist that you watch on stage and you see that they're having a good time, you can see they're really enjoying it, they're loving what they're doing, you instantly just want to be part of that party. You know, and that's what I want to try and bring each time. I want to try and have a party yeah. on stage and for people to leave and have a great experience and to feel good after they've watched the show so yeah definitely certainly when people saw you on Corden uh they could tell that you were having a good time and certainly mm-hmm. James Corden himself was having a great time somehow <laughs> you or someone convinced him to dance at the end of the the thing at the end of the performance which he's was so, so awesome he, he's amazing was, I love that he got were, were there a lot of tense discussions happening to try to make that happen hey it was funny because he he actually came in after I'd done my sound check and my choreographer was there and she was just like, hey, how about, you know, you just kind of check out the, the routine. And he was like, yeah, of course. And literally she showed it to him like once or twice and he just got it straight away. And he was like, I'm totally up for doing it. And I was so, so happy that he agreed to do it's, it it's, because it was just so good. Like watching it back, it's so it's funny so because good. he's watching us like the first time just kind of like assessing and then he just joins in the last time and then you can hear the crowd just going crazy because <laughs> no one's expecting him to get involved. So good. I know, I was... I was expecting in the beginning, like, oh, he's going to, like, move a little bit or do something. And, yeah. and then at the end, I'm like, oh, he might join and, like, sway a little bit. I'm like, no, he full on, like, <laughs> did choreography. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. Bring him out on the road. He's he's always trying to, like, go on the road with, like, you know, one direction and stuff. So I think you could oh, okay. probably get him to be, mm-hmm. you know, an opening act or something. Oh, oh I'll maybe. definitely get him involved for sure. <laughs> a duet? Yeah. I don't know, anything can happen. Because he can sing. Yeah. He can. He can he, sing uh, really He had a well. duet on on a Kylie's Christmas album, they had a duet together. So, see, you know, yeah. anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. um, is there, a, and, and I know this is sort of a, a kind of a forward looking question, but <clears throat> since we don't have your album here in America yet, is, is the hope that eventually your album will come out here in the States? And, and if it did, might there be any new tracks on it? Or is it perhaps just going to be the album that already came out? 
yeah i think i'm definitely hoping to to release it at some point here in the us um but you know it's just the beginning i'm just getting out here um but i'm very excited for people to hear what else i have on the album because there's a yeah. lot of variety i've actually been recording as well over the past few months so there probably may be some new things on there who knows you're always Maybe. getting inspired that's the thing and and you always change and evolve and develop as a person so as soon as i've got back in the studio i've just been creating all these new sounds and it's really exciting so who knows who knows um i want to know uh, simon cal of course uh, is you know he runs you know psycho founded Mm-hmm. Psycho Entertainment, which has your label, and you, you, you clearly must talk to him, you know, oh, every so often, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, what, what is a piece of advice that he's given you that you could share with us and your fans? Like, you know, you don't have to tell us, like, a, some, like every piece of advice, but is there anything that he said to you that really resonated with you that, that you could share with us? Yeah, a big thing he said to me was make sure that you never become a puppet and make sure you speak up and that your voice is heard. And that's always been encouraging. So for me, every step of the way, I've always made sure that I'm not shy. (laughs) I'm not backwards about (laughs) coming forwards in that sense. (laughs) He's definitely helped me find my voice. And it's helped a lot because I'm involved in everything. And And yeah, I mean, you you co-wrote a lot of the songs on the album, in Mm. fact. Mm-hmm. And and so cl- clearly your voice is very, you know, heard throughout the album. And yeah. I think it's just, I just think it's so incredible because a lot of people don't know your backstory, how you had, um, you know, got onto the X Factor a few years before mm-hmm. 2014 as part of a, a girl group and didn't make it terribly far. And I, th- I think Simon wasn't very impressed by that experience. No. <laughs> um, and then when you, when you, when you came back, um, he he said something along the lines of you know let's not let's not see what happened before happen again something like that yeah he did um, he did he yeah. said we don't want to re- we don't want history to repeat itself and I think he said it to me the first night of the results and I was like thanks great that's that's what I need to hear yeah. <laughs> but no it was good thanks it was good it was all good it's like you remember oh wonderful um, well you know clearly that that time that you had away from the X Factor before 2014. Um, clearly formed and informed you as an artist mm. and just as a person. Yeah. And, you know, you know, maybe, you know, maybe all things work out the way they're supposed to work out for a reason. And maybe that time away gave you m- more time to, to think and, and sort of form yourself more as an artist. Perhaps. I definitely believe that. And I think I've gained so much experience, like a wealth of experience being a backing vocalist and, you know, just performing just the art of being on stage and, and how to work a crowd and how to, you know, get your stage presence. And all of that, I learned so much in the years leading up to The X Factor. And at the time, I really did believe that I was going to make it, you know, in the industry in some other way. and had no idea that I would end up auditioning for The X Factor again. But now looking back, I feel like all of that training was for that moment. And it was almost like the perfect platform for me to get my break. And it all worked out for the best. It's working out quite well, and I'm mm. so, so excited that you're here in America now, and they're working you, and you're working, mm. and everything's working. Yes. <laughs> um, and, and I just, I hope you get a little bit of sleep, because I, I've seen your schedule over the past year, and I don't think you actually do sleep. Do you get much <laughs> sleep at all? <laughs> Not really, but I've perfected the skill of being able to sleep anywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. So you'll see me in the back of a cab sleeping. You'll see me on a plane sleeping. Literally everywhere I can sleep. So that's great. That's a good skill to have. 
you're actually one of the few people that can sleep on an airplane. The rest of us normal folks can't, but you've mastered the art of sleeping on a plane. I have. I have. <laughs> it's very well, useful. Well, Floor East, I, I want to say thank you so much for coming in and taking a little bit of time out of your crazy schedule. Oh, and, thank you. And good luck with the rest of your time here in America. And I cannot wait to see you live and in person. So please come back again soon, okay? I will, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again to Floor East for stopping by. She actually stopped by, like, I want to say, like, a day or two before she played the Today Show. Um, the, she was very busy. They made quick. Mm-hmm. They made they made the best of the time while they had her in America. And I really hope that she comes back and plays some proper shows because she is just just on fire. If when you, you haven't see seen any of these performances yet, look one up. I introduced Katie to her a while back, and Katie was just like, "Wow, she's just like instantly just entertaining." Yes. And you know, no matter if you've heard any of her songs, you're gonna like instantly like her. I love her joke in the in the interview, and and you know, people people just listen to it. She, I was like, you know, this album is just full of up tempo numbers. She's like, yeah, people were thinking like. How when you perform these songs live? When are you going to have time to take a breather? Break, like yeah, (laughs) not much of one. Um, Our second interview this week is actually with super producer Red One, who you know of his work with everyone from Lady Gaga and Usher and J Lo and Nicki Minaj and Pitbull. You know, you know when you hear Lady Gaga go Red One. Convict Gaga. Gaga. <laughs> Convict is actually for Akon. Red One is for Red One. <laughs> um, he talked with us backstage at the Billboard Music Awards a few weeks ago and chatted up his new single, Don't You Need Somebody? Some of the new artists he's working with on forthcoming music. And of course, we had to ask him, well, you know, about Lady Gaga. Of course. Because, you know, how could we not? Uh, and he, uh, you know, by the way, produced two of Lady Gaga's number one singles, Just Dance and Poker Face, and also a slew of other songs mm-hmm. for Gaga. So, you know, of course we had to ask him. So here's our chat with Red One. Welcome, Red One, Thank to the you. Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. You, you're kind of busy right now because you just released a brand new single. Yes. Don't... Don't it's you need somebody? Don't you need somebody? Baby, I, I want to I wanna know. We're live. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> See, I was I was going to ask, like, because everyone knows you as a producer, yeah. on the track, it's Enrique, Our City, Soraya, and Shaggy. Now, are you singing on the track? I'm doing the backgrounds, yes. Okay, I was going to say, I'm like, you better be in there somewhere. Yes, yes. Like, I'm, honestly, I'm always in the backgrounds doing the, 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 the you know. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, so you've worked with Enrique before. Yes, sir. So was it easy to just be like, call him up and be like, dude, I have this song. Can you get no, on it? No, it, it's the most amazing story. You're like, no, actually, it was really difficult. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's the weirdest situation because I did the song and I did a few other songs. I sent to Enrique. And he was like, hey, I was like, and I was excited about Don't You Need Somebody because I felt it's a global smash. Yeah. To be honest with you, that's how I felt. So I sent him like Enrique, what about don't you need somebody? He was like, oh, focus on the other ones. I heard I heard them just focusing on the, the other ones. I was like, okay, but are you uh, sure? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. I was like, okay, it's okay. I won't push, you know. But then I was in Miami working with Enrique on his album, and I was like, listen to this. He was like, oh my God, what is this? I was what? You're like, did you not listen I to the damn track? I sent you the song. He's like, no, he didn't. 
I was like, yes, I did. No, yes, no. I was like, check your check your email yeah, right exactly. now. Check your spam. Check yes. your junk folder. And then he checked his email, and he was there. He was like, oh, my God. I can't believe I didn't hear this song. Well, I was like, you know what? It's, it's money. He was like, I want to jump on it. I was like, please be my guest. Please. Because he loved it so much. I was like, I have to be on it. I was like, please. So he did it. He's on it. And the same story with Shaggy almost, but not the same, but uh, kind of. He was in the studio. We were listening to music, having fun. When I played him, don't you need somebody? And he was like, Red, put the mic on. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, put the mic He's on. He's like, put the mic on right now. Right now. Right. I what? swear. That's a bad Shaggy impersonation. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, put the mic on right now. Oh, that's so much oh, better. That's a lover, so much better. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so he put, lava, the, lava. put the mic on. He jumped on the, in the booth. Boom. And he killed it. To be honest with you, the, the, the way he felt about it, I just felt like this must be something great because he was so excited about it. And I feel like you have such like a, a huge roster of artists. And like you said, it's a global song. Thank it's you. like a global group of artists. Yes, too, it yourself is. Yourself included. Thank you. Thank and you. so I feel like it'll reach like, you know, so many different people and countries and everybody yeah, because of that culture. group of artists. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so um, much. And it has, it, I'm assuming that this is like possibly the first single from perhaps an EP or maybe an yes, album sir. down the road. Yeah. Is there, is, is it too early to say anything about uh, maybe a, you know what? Like I have. Great songs, to be honest. I'm always very careful about how we, because you know, it's the, the album question is always so difficult. I know, I know. I, I, you know, I just focus on doing great songs. Yeah. Give people great songs. And then if it ends up being an album, or uh, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But I'm just, I have one song with uh, featuring, uh, uh, like actually me singing with the most incredible singer, Mark Anthony. Oh my God. You know what I mean? In one no song. pressure. Exactly. No pressure. Exactly. <laughs> but he, he just loved the song, and I was like, played it for him, and it's different. He just loves it, and he did it, you know? Because you know what? You can never push songs on artists. If yeah. they don't feel like, oh, my God, I love this song. I can bring something to this song. They don't do it. So that's exactly what I was. I played it for him we, because I'm working with Mark Anthony. We were in the uh, Dominican Republic, and he heard the song, and I told him if you want to. He was like, absolutely. And we did it there. It's funny how that works out. It's like it's like nice relationships with the producers and the artists, you know? And it's a <laughs> vote of confidence from the artists when they're like, oh, I need to get on this song, <laughs> like, too. Yeah. It's they awesome. have to love it. And if they feel that, it's just like everything, all the politics, out of the way. I think you talked to uh, one of our coworkers like a week ago, Gail yeah. Mitchell. You yeah, yeah, yeah. I love her, yeah. And I think, I, th I want to say that you mentioned something about working with Lady Gaga again. Yeah. Now, is that is that statement correct? Are you working well, with her? Uh, you know what? <laughs> Here yes, is your chance to yes. say no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I worked with her. Yes, uh, we did eight songs so far, and then let's see what we'll happens. Let's see what happens to this. Let's songs. see what happens. But it, yes, that's always the way I work with Gaga. I love Gaga. Whatever happens, I love her. And uh, you know, but we did eight songs that I'm excited about. We'll <laughs> we'll we'll see if those materialize somewhere. Exactly. Maybe it could be on your project. You never know. Maybe maybe, maybe charity. Maybe her album. Maybe whatever. Who but knows? it's great music, great music. As long um, as it comes out something. Yes, <laughs> yes. And um, last thing, what's coming up for you for the rest of the summer aside from the single? Do you have like big summer plans ahead? I have a few singles coming out that I'm excited about. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing, and I'm happy about it. But uh, there's two artists that I'm because you know new artists excite me, new sound and artists. Like I, I'm, I'm working with a few ones, but there's two that I really wish the best for, and I think once the world hears them. They're going to be blown away. Can, you know? Can we say who they are? They are new. Can no, no. One is Kaya Stewart. Okay, that, yes. Dave Stewart's daughter. And that single that she had uh, last year yes. was so awesome. Yes. It's just the 
taste, but we finished the album now. Just finished it. Did you produce that single last year too? Not or that someone else. No, no. I made them well, after that was the crap compared yeah, to no, your stuff. <laughs> no, no, it's great, but it's taste. It's a taste. But now we went in. I went in. Wow. You know, like Warner heard the, the stuff and it was like red. I think the collaboration and I just felt the energy of her. She, I think she's going to be the voice of the future of soul and rock and roll. Wow. It's crazy. And this other guy called uh, uh, Spencer Ludwig, he's, he used to be the uh, tr jazz trumpet player okay. of um, uh, the Capital Cities. Man, you're running the gamut here. It's wow. crazy. But we're doing something different. So it, it's something that I, you know, you want to change the music. And that's with these people, it, it feels like it's going to be something great. And does Spencer sing then on this yeah. project? So we haven't heard him sing yet. No. Yeah. He's singing the influences his little Prince, little Michael. Little Stevie Wonder, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's great music, but still people will understand that music, will lo love it, will dance to it. It's, it's great, great music, music. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, sir. Thank you. And uh, good luck this summer. Have a great summer. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you again to Red One for stopping by and chatting with us. He we was so sweet. He was actually super nice. We were taught, we said right after the interview how we understand why he's worked with all these superstars because they probably just like spending time with him because yeah. he's so delightful. Yeah, he he just he seems like charming and lovely. Radiated happy energy. Yeah, he was nice. <laughs> he's very nice. Um, so best of luck to Red One and hope to hear some more music from you. Um, now it's time for our chart stat uh -oh. of the week. I never look ahead in the script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As earlier, there was like a moment I was like, what about it? You're like, here, hand me I'm like, you're not looking ahead, are you? Um, well, the chart stat of the week actually is a quiz Katie mm. segment. Oh, it's a special, it's a special time. <laughs> Um, can you name, Katie, okay. the last best musical winner, meaning best new musical, not a revival, Okay. at the Tony Awards to also have its cast recording reach number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart? There have been some hints throughout the script because I know that, you know, I know what hasn't reached number one. Yeah, but, th there, um, there's there's very let's, let's there's not that there haven't been that many cast recordings that have actually hit number one on the mm -hmm. chart. So this is pretty limiting. I and I can give you a hint that the last time a cast recording was even number one was back in the 1960s. That's what I was thinking because I was thinking Sound of Music might have done it, but that's not the answer to this question. The answer to this question might be from the 50s. Even um, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna start with West Side Story. <laughs> Uh, well, no. Okay. Um, Do you then want to just I'm keep guessing. Yeah. Um, and then I'm gonna go with. <laughs> um, is there a famous uh, composer behind this? Like, or uh, no, you don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. the the uh, The show. Should I say a chorus line? <laughs> no, you shouldn't say. Okay, a then chorus I won't line. say that. <laughs> you shouldn't say a chorus line because that is not from the '60s. Oh uh, well, I thought. Oh, I thought that it was going to be before the '60s. No, I'll just tell you it's in the 1960s. Okay, it's in the 1960s. King and I. Nope. Uh, 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 how about well, a hint? Um, uh, the the star of this show mm -hmm. is still alive okay. with us, and it is probably their most well known and iconic role. Okay. Um, and she is an icon of the musical theater. Um, and the 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 title. Oh, 
Funny Girl? Nope, we're getting closer. Oh, okay. And the the, the title track from the show okay. is an incredibly well-known uh, song. So well-known in that it was actually covered by a contemporary artist at the time, and it hit number one on the Hot 100 chart. Wow. Wow. By someone who was uh, a man, whereas the lead role in the show is a woman. Oh, my God. Um, man. The title's... Ugh. It's two words. Doing... Okay. And so it's, I was going to say cabaret, not it, cabaret. It, it's a greeting followed by... Oh, Hello, Dolly? Hello, Dolly. Oh, there we go. Man. Hello, oh. Dolly. So, yeah. And I feel I was... like the podcast listeners were, like, screaming it. At well, the... I'm not really sure. Of course, uh, <laughs> Carol Channing. Yes. Uh, that's her most famous role. I, I didn't know that a, a, man, a, man, a man covered Hello, Dolly. Uh, Louis Armstrong. Oh, I did not know about that Took version. his cover of Hello, Dolly to uh, number one. Okay believe it or not, on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, And both the uh, cast recording and the movie soundtrack, I believe, both hit number one on the Billboard 200 albums. Okay. Um, It was was kind of a trick question because Hair was the last cast recording to go to number one. But it didn't win Best Musical? No. Okay. It's, uh, the the year, it was nominated. I have, I have all of the nominees here. Um, It was nominated against Zorba, Promises, Promises, and 1776. 1776 won Best Musical oh, that year. Oh, come on. I was going to say Promises, Promises? Yeah. I mean, at least that's like Sondheim? No. no. 1776? <laughs> sure. Um, sure. Why not? And um, <laughs> people may say, hey, what about uh, Jesus Christ Superstar? Yeah. Which was a number one album. However, it was a concept album. It was really just like a studio cast recording of it was you know back when concept albums actually were kind of a thing yeah and it was recorded before there was ever a stage show oh wow yeah it, so that came first and then it became a stage show the concept album for jesus christ superstar Whoa. came first as a way of selling the idea of a show wow and then it and that was a way for they for them to able were able to get the money to actually stage the production wow okay um I'm i think learning i think a lot. i think avita actually started off as a concept album oh as well. interesting yeah hmm. Hmm. who knew there's your chart stat of the week. The last best musical winner at the Tony Awards to also hit number one on the Billboard 200 chart with its cast album was Hello, Dolly, back in the 1960s. Okay, so that has been a very long show. Oh, man, but there's so much to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. We had Floor, we had Red One, we got Tony, Tony, Tony. <laughs> we got all of our musical experiences, Lin-Manuel, Hamilton, James Corden. yeah. Make sure you watch the 2016 Tony Awards this Sunday. Everyone from Barbara and Oprah will be there. Speaking of Barbara, just the mere mention of Funny Girl. Streisand, we mean. Oh, yes. Streisand. I mean, wait, did we need to say that? If you're listening to the show about the Tony Awards <laughs> and we say Barbara. Yeah, you should You, should, you know. should know it's Streisand. Just the mere mention of Funny Girl makes me like need to hear Don't Rain on My Parade now. So that's what we definitely need to go out on. Okay. <laughs> Don't Rain on My Parade from, from Barbara. <laughs> from Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Don't tell me not to fly. I simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Who told you you're allowed to rain?